the world leader in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. I'm here to uh, introduce this fine gentleman. His name is Eric Sack. He's the Vice President of Revenue Planning and Business Operations at AMC Networks. He's been, AMC, he's been at AMC for over uh, eight years now, I believe, and throughout his time there, he's been, uh, one of his responsibilities is bringing new technology to AMC to uh, bring lift to their yield overall. Um, today, Eric will be speaking about embracing data science to optimize linear inventory and open the door, oh, we lost the, uh, lost the screen. Open go. the door to true programmatic ad sales, and I'm very interested to hear it. Take it away, Eric. Thank you very much, John. This one, uh, there we go. Thank you, John. Uh, and thank you, Mukesh and RSG Media for inviting me to come up and speak. Um, so a little background on myself, I've spent eight years at AMC, and my role has been to kind of bridge the gap between ad sales and getting at the data so that we could properly optimize our inventory. Things like Walking Dead, Mad Men, Breaking Bad um, have been major generators for us, and so I have spent a lot of time building those data models. Um, RSG called me and asked me to speak. Uh, I said, uh, on what topic? They said, anything you want. So my first instinct was, of course, to talk about my kids. Um, unfortunately, uh, I, I think that uh, that's all you guys need for that one. So moving on, the, 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 the problem at hand right now that we've seen is that we have very strong pricing and inventory teams. Uh, we have... Uh, a lot of data at our fingertips. We've spent a lot of time digging in to pull that information out of our traffic systems. Uh, however, we haven't applied the known yield optimization techniques that are out there. So what's happening, and I'm speaking very specifically to the short-term avails. So things that we would traditionally think of as DR filler or DR non-preemptible, or uh, really I also include our ADU and recap usage in that. And so what's happening is because we do not have the ability to see the pressure against those avails and really respond to the demand against them, um, we're limited in our ability to move that supply around, to respond to that proper demand. Uh, and because of that, what we see is rates that don't necessarily correspond to what we know the demand to be. So we would expect to see greater fluctuation. We expect to see higher rates when higher demand, lower rates with lower demand. And, and we're not getting that as much as I think we can. Um, now, a lot of people will say that they do. They optimize their, their inventory. And, and there are some very smart, very brilliant people out there that do that uh, at the different networks. And the problem is that there aren't really these technology solutions available. Uh, and we know that because nobody's knocking on the door with one. Right, everyone uh, is trying to do this internally. So the point that I'm trying to make here is if we were to create this visibility of the inventory and the pressure against that inventory, we would first and foremost be giving our sales reps visibility into what they have to sell, uh, how quickly it's moving, the rates uh, that they're getting for that inventory. With that, visibility uh, and that data set, you could also introduce yield optimization, right? So we know, we've seen it for years now in the airline industry and hotels that there are tools, there are, there are statistical tools that you can use to try to drive rates, drive yield, 
in response to changing demand and changing pressure. Combining the visibility with those yield tools can absolutely have a dramatic impact on the bottom line. Sorry, I just checked the time. <clears throat> so when you look at, um, I think it was uh, Dave Morris was, was talking before about the the overall revenue, right, and, and one, two, three percent of a marketplace as big as linear TV uh, can be so tremendously huge, right? So at a set of networks where I am, uh, we have significant amount of revenue in this near-term marketplace. So in this DR, non-preemptible, in this filler, in this ADU area. So small increases in rates can result in tremendously large impacts to the bottom line. Now. The, where I'm kind of looking here, right? So it's funny, when, when John was asking me, you know, what, what is next on your list of things to do uh, after doing a wide orbit traffic launch? Um, this is kind of it. This is, this is first and foremost, because <clears throat> there is a big opportunity here, right? Um, the data is available. We know that the technology is out there. So we've been working with guys like RSG to do demo scheduling, demo optimization for some time. So we know that we have the technology to drive these schedulers, to look at what's out there, look at the pressure against it, to be able to improve the yield. We've done that with liability. Um, what we're not doing, though, is we're not doing demand forecasting. We're not, we're not trying to get ahead of the game, right? We're looking at it after the fact to see what we could have done to the rates to improve them. Instead, what we need to do is we need to create visibility Right? We need to show that to the, to the accounting executives, but we also need to allow management the ability to, to move that inventory around, to release that inventory, to have tranches of inventory, where once you've met certain rates, once you've achieved, let's say, 5% of your inventory at X rate, to release that next, next group of inventory to the salespeople to move. <coughs> um, now, I know that this is a little bit... Uh, feel like a little bit of a dinosaur with this because we're talking about very standard traditional linear inventory um, but it's something that there is a major gap in our industry there's a major opening here to improve the bottom line and, and again I'm going to keep citing Dave he was uh, uh, he had a lot of great information but you know he talked about the idea of it not being VOD and not being OTT just being video somewhere in five years well Okay, but over the next five years, there's going to be billions of dollars spent in this type of advertising. So a, an increase, marginal increases in rates are going to have tremendous impacts on the bottom line. Um, so really, what's next then? Um, and I'm obviously moving way too fast, but uh, John's going to help me out on that. Yeah, so, uh, so where we'd like to drive this, right? Uh, programmatic has been a huge conversation. It's something that um, I think a lot of people are talking about. Not a lot of people know what to do with. Uh, we don't necessarily know how to move the inventory to those platforms from a uh, traditional linear marketplace, which is CPM based. Uh, no one has quite figured out how to move that negotiation to the programmatic platform. And I don't have an answer for that either, but I do think 
what we can do is we can move this near-term inventory, this non-guaranteed inventory, over to that platform. So <clears throat> if you were to create a situation where you could properly forecast the demand against your inventory, you could test that marketplace, test, the, test where the marketplace yield could be. Um, what you're going to do is you're going to get a proper sense of how to best utilize that inventory. Right? So if it turns out that you're getting a proper yield uh, against your direct response, right, um, then you can continue to release inventory to it. And, and I say direct response, but really what I mean is the near-term non-guaranteed. Right? So we're seeing a lot more need for short-term supply. And I think that as we see this changing in the, in the demo audience measurements, and as people are seeing that their campaigns are being more effective, they're going to want to, in the short term, I hit the red button. Uh, they told me there's a button here that if I press it, if things go south, it turns into like a dance party and we just get to, uh, uh, so I must have, John's taking his coat off already. Um, so really, look, the, 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 the goal for us is to really respond to that proper, really respond to the demand in a way so as to drive the bottom line. But what I see is that we have a chance to leverage that information, uh, leverage the, that insight, push that inventory out to a programmatic platform, uh, and test the marketplace. Now, in a lot of ways, you know, some of the arguments against the programmatic sales are that there's a lot of relationships that will be, that can be undercut, that there's, there's an aspect to sales that is relationship-based, and, and I don't disagree with that. I, I, I think that that's an important part. However, you need to press the limits and, and sometimes we hold back a little bit and if we were to use this programmatic platform essentially as that market tester it's kind of the guy that, you know you get to not compromise those relationships you get to see what the market will bear and then bring it back internally uh, so as to drive that rate you also though if the market won't bear the rate you know that you can move that inventory to your other avenues, right? So if you needed to write down liability because your, your audience is continuing to do well, well then you do so. Um, and this ability to shift the inventory around uh, in a near time, near real time basis uh, allows you to capitalize on that changing and shifting demand very quickly. And uh, I think it's something that we just in general in the cable TV ad sales have not done very well. Right? We rely on our traditional CPM-based models. And, um, and as we see this move towards this data, right, towards the availability of the data, towards the visibility, uh, accessibility, uh, I think we're going to be able to take advantage of that and then as well as use existing tools and optimization engines that we know are out there and bring it to bear to, to grow the bottom line. So questions, questions? Yeah, yeah, actually. Hello? Oh, Jesus. Boy, is it ever. Yeah. Um, so, Eric, I wanted to ask you specifically about programmatic because, you know, yeah. for the last few years, everyone's been saying, how are we going to get programmatic into premium linear? So, for you, I think about, well, how are you going to sell The Walking Dead programmatically? Would you even want to sell The Walking Dead programmatically? What are the challenges to convince you to actually, or what, the, what are the challenges that need to be yeah. overcome to convince you to sell programmatically, for instance, let's say 
you know, a programmatic platform, if I come in looking for two 30 seconds and walking dead, won't, won't be able to convince me that I should buy five plus a million dollars in ROS. Well, you know, one of the uh, challenges to that, uh, that type of buy is that we generally, uh, there is an incumbency aspect, mm -hmm. right, to, to all of our business. And the idea of putting it out on a programmatic platform kind of assumes the, uh, an open marketplace, mm -hmm. right? And in an open marketplace, you lose some of that. There's a disadvantage in that you can have a regression to the mean, right? Where you end up with what amounts to an average cost for that inventory. Uh, however, we do garner a premium with certain advertisers because certain shows are more important. You know, we saw uh, tremendous demand against Mad Men, a show that for a few seasons was delivering, you know, a few hundred thousand people. Uh, why? Well, because of the cachet, right? Uh, because it wins Emmys. And, and that is not necessarily something that can be captured on an open platform mm -hmm. like that. So, so that, I think, is the big challenge uh, from our perspective on how to move into that marketplace, right? Um, which is why when I speak about the near-term avails, the, the, it's such a better fit. Um, because it's really more about that you don't need to you're ne I don't know how a programmatic platform is going to capture that pricing history that you have with anybody I, I just don't know how it's going to do it I, I don't see how it could get there right mm -hmm. now we, we've spoken with a bunch of different people that allow for these kind of closed or, or what do they call them uh, you know these uh, private rooms really mm -hmm. essentially in a programmatic platform where you could have your history, have your kind of closed marketplace with a given advertiser. Um, okay, uh, but we have that today, right? Uh, you know, it might be a phone, uh, but it's the same idea, right? Um, so I, I have a hard time seeing that move. Now, I do though think that you could potentially allocate a certain amount of inventory that would be non-guaranteed to something as premium as The Walking Dead. Um, and you could test the marketplace and, and, and see what you could potentially garner against a, that yeah. type of show. So, so there is the possibility there. However, there is not um, enough evidence right now to indicate that it would necessarily uh, garner a better result. Right, and that, that, that's very interesting that you said sell an advertiser a non-guaranteed spot in The Walking Dead, knowing how much like a spot in the walking Ted costs, you would probably want to have a guarantee to it. But if advertisers truly do want to buy programmatically, maybe that's some of the give that they need to give is the fact that, hey, yeah, let's do it if there are, so, if there are avails, but they're all going to be non-guaranteed. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think that there are very few situations where that would apply, though. Mm -hmm. Right? So I think that something like Walking Dead is a... Um, is an anomaly, mm -hmm. right? It, it is. It would be nice to talk about that as if it were the thing that we're always going to have, but 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 we won't, and it's not, right? So, um, so yes, people will give on a guarantee for something as premium as that. However, um, again, a programmatic marketplace is not necessarily the thing that creates that give, mm -hmm. right? What creates that give is the demand against the show, and and, and we already have that, right? Right. So. Um, so we're kind of back to this idea of that open, more open marketplace for the general 
inventory. You right. know? Uh, I don't know that you can really create that uh, that special room for something like Walking Dead. And uh, and that's where non-guaranteed near-term avails like DR would be absolutely perfect for a programmatic platform, at least to get their foot in the door. Yeah, it, and, and, and more than that. I actually think it's more than that. I, I think it's more than a foot in the door without, without stepping on anybody's toes. I think that you could very efficiently... Uh, move that inventory. We, we see tremendous demand. The, the bottom line is that at the end of the day, we have advertising that we don't run. We have spots that we don't clear, right? So that means that there is a glut of demand. In that type of situation, you know that you can, there is more to be sold, right? right? right. So to open up that inventory to that type of marketplace, look, you are going to drive revenue, mm -hmm. right? Um, the hard part is how do you send to this platform the thresholds uh, that you want it to follow, right? So mm -hmm. if I have decided that the marketplace, I think, can bear a certain rate press, rate push, um, I need to communicate that out to this platform. I'm not just saying, here's a bucket of avails, do the best you can, right? Uh, that, that, that's not what I'm interested in doing. I, I have a, a very good sales team that can do that, right? right. So what I need is something that's much more of a market tester that is out there really kind of being that jerk, right? Being the guy that's asking too much for the spot. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I need to work it back the other way. Uh, I need it to be, in a way, it's a kind of a fifth column, right? He, he's the guy out there that's undermining some of it in, in a positive way, right? You know, Revenue-wise. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just another AE. Is, is really the, the first entree. That, that's how I see us moving into programmatic. Um, another trick with programmatic is the fact that it, you sell it and it needs to run, right? So it's not a DR filler replacement. It's a non-preemptible replacement, which is already premium inventory. And um, But that's a good thing right. because there is demand against that and, uh, and, and that will create that revenue as well. So, um, But again, it comes back to this ability to extract the data to see the pressure against your data right to, for, to be able to see what's closing to see how what what rates that inventory is closing and to respond in near real time right uh, oh, so it's it's my speech from last year it's, oh yeah uh, it just runs in the back <laughs> if i need filler um, yeah there you go right. <laughs> there's some programmatic filler for you yeah. yeah it's you know we run it it's like our national local it just runs underneath and then, um so yeah. uh, do you guys know why that's coming through? Just yeah. uh, that's interesting. Well, it's cash. Oh uh, yeah, there you go. So, uh, so yeah, I, I hope that, that that answers the question a bit. On the oh, so really the the point is that um, if you are to create the yield optimization tools, demand forecasting tools with the information that we already have available to us, right? That everybody has spent so much time building out their data models, getting their inventory and information out of their traffic systems. Apply this tool set on top of that, you get a couple of things. You get an increase in your yield right out of the gate because you're going to be able to see better what the market can bear. You're also going to create a situation where you can pass inventory to a programmatic platform and you can pass it in a dynamic way according to the rates that you want to set. So, so that's really what I'm driving at here and, and 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 as much as we are very good at selling this near-term inventory in the best way that we can we do know that it, optimization tools can result in a, in a, a better outcome 
you know. And, and look, we've seen that, honestly, working with you guys, uh, working with RSG, and our ability to, to manage liability, there is only so much that a traffic coordinator can do to manage a log, uh, no matter how much direction I give them. So when I pass it off to the optimization engine, uh, what I get back is a better result. I'm able to schedule more appropriately my spots based on the demographic delivery which enables me to more efficiently write down my liability, which opens up future inventory, right? So, so these techniques, and, and even the promo optimization, right? Promo optimization is, I don't see how that's really any different than, this, than, than the, the optimization for ads, right? You're, you're forecasting that demand, right? You, you guys talk about conversion rate. It, it's the same idea here, right? We're just applying it to a different set of inventory. And I even had an interesting conversation last night about, why not combine that promo optimization, right? That demand modeling with your, not just to, uh, don't just use the tool against your sales inventory, actually use it to move the inventory around. So where you see a high rate of conversion from a promo perspective, well, maybe that's the place to kind of take back some of those sales events, right? Maybe that's where you put that promo. Uh, and move the sales time to somewhere else where you're going to get a better delivery, right, um, for, the, for the spot. So it, it's an interesting idea, um, and, I, and I, so I don't think that you can really separate all of it. Uh, I think, unfortunately, there's no one out there right now that's doing this. Nobody is, you know, we're in a room, uh, a big room, uh, of a lot of technology folks, right, that, that are very good at doing their individual thing, and... and and I, unfortunately, there's not a lot of people knocking on my door saying, hey, I've got a yield engine that I can use to help you increase the bottom line. Yet I know that if I were to add 2 or 3 or 4% to my average DR rates, right, my average short-term non-guaranteed rates, you know, we're talking seven digits, right? More than that, eight digits, nine digits in potential upside. Uh, I mean, I know that. So, um, today, uh, oh, there we go. With the currency that we have today, you yeah. can absolutely do yield optimization to save so much money and, and earn so much money for your network right now. Whereas we're talking about finding the currency for all this other data that's coming in and utilizing that as well. But while we're waiting for that data, there's still a lot of money being left on the table and a lot of money to be, to be made. Yeah, and, and I, I, yes. Uh, however, I don't see it as something that doesn't have legs. Mm -hmm. uh, in that, as Dave Morris was saying, right, the, we're getting to, we're five years, there's two things, right? You know, and, and actually in, in last night speaking, there's, there is, uh, search, right? And there's video. Mm -hmm. And and so when you get down to it, at the end of the day, this OTT, the VOD, everything starts com comes down to a single source, right? Mm -hmm. A single place where people are going to be placing their advertising. Forget about which playout device it's on. Right. And so this idea becomes more relevant. Uh, because you're going to have more inventory, that inventory is going to be more fluid. You're going to have different levels of demand against this different type of inventory, as well as these different ways of measuring it. I think you're actually going to see people looking for efficiencies based on what their targets are for their campaign and not necessarily worried about a guarantee. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's what's going to happen. I think the guarantee is a bit of a legacy in a you got to kind of throw it against the wall and see what sticks. Mm -hmm. Once we're start to once we're able to see the efficacy of a given campaign in a very tight demographic or very tight target, mm -hmm. you're not going to need to necessarily have that guarantee. Right. What you're going to need is to have to you're going to need that ability to purchase that inventory and in short order. And then I, as the, the seller, am going to need to optimize that inventory, right? As I see demand ebbing and flowing against that inventory, I need to optimize that so as to get the greatest mm -hmm. yield, you know? So it doesn't, it's not an interim solution. Uh, it's not, what do we do for five years until we're there? Right. It's actually, how do we lay the base so that we can get to that point? So right. when it becomes available, okay. we're yeah. ready to go. Right, exactly. All right, so I'm going to do my best Phil Donahue and see if there's any questions from the audience. Uh, does anybody have any questions? Oh, okay, so I guess you guys don't watch Donahue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I liked the approach which you're taking, and, and it's a very kind of pragmatic approach. Focus on where the money is right now, and the money continues to be in the kind of linear TV marketplace. Yeah. So, and 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 even making a kind of small difference there is going to to uh, end up being huge absolute numbers. Yeah. Well, look. I mean, we're talking about you know we're going to do a billion dollars in sales, right? I mean, that's what this year is going to be. So, um, the the idea that. Um, that that's going anywhere uh, in, in any sort of short order is, uh, I don't know where it's going, uh, honestly. You know, we know that the overall pie is growing. We know that. We know that the share of the pie that's moving to digital is growing as well. But the pie still continues to grow, and it's growing in both spaces. So um, as much as there's a lot of press around things moving to non-linear, right, just generally speaking, linear continues to grow. Um, so... It may not be the sexiest thing, and I, I may be the youngest dinosaur in the room, but uh, uh, <clears throat> I just see that there is such a potential benefit and, and such dramatic revenue upside um, mm -hmm. in bringing known technology to bear against uh, data that we already have. Uh, yeah. All right, and uh, you had a question? For a uh, programmatic um advertising in uh, in the linear space do you see it going all the way up to real-time bidding of ads filling up ad slots uh, on linear TV I, I do uh, I think that that's an absolute possibility um, the where we how we will get there is through this degree of control right um, one of the things that scares a traditional linear salesperson is the lack of control right they, they want to slow things down and, and, and they're right to do so, uh, so as to best, you know, optimize that, best maximize that revenue. However, if we are to, if we do create these tools in such a way so as to allow sales management to, to manage that inventory, right, to set those forces, to set the, you know, the, whatever, the dials and the switches to how they need them, then I think we can absolutely get to that place. Uh, I don't see why we wouldn't, really, you know. I mean, sales guys are still all about the bottom line. And this will increase the bottom line if done correctly. However, it's not there, right? It's just not there. We, the, the visibility into the existing inventory is not where it needs to be. We don't see 
on a programmatic sales platform, we, we don't see category avails, right? We don't, down at the break level, you need to know what you can and can't sell. And, and I can't guarantee that I'm gonna run your spot if I can't guarantee that I'm gonna run your spot, right? Um, because uh, it sounds silly, but if I, if, I, if I don't know that I can absolutely place it, then I can't sell it to you. Just going by what you said, if we are looking at a very targeted uh, kind of an advertising, where today if you look at it, a lot of the linear content that's available on IPTV platforms and on OTT, there's a lot of data that's lying with these operators. So if it's these operators that actually get into the market and say, why don't you do real-time bidding with us and we manage the content for you, wouldn't that be an easier way to do it? Much more convincing way to the market as well? Yeah, I, so that is uh, absolutely true, right? Uh, and I think that what you're getting at is speaks to one of the challenges in this space, which is we are very slow to change, very slow to move. And, and, and the idea that the, the provider, the MVPD, has that access to that information and should be the one that does it, absolutely, right? Which is why we're also seeing, though, that networks such as, such as mine uh, are creating and controlling and owning their content more and more and more so that when it comes down to it, they're going to have a say, right? So I don't have to worry about whether or not Cablevision is going to move my inventory because I'm either going to get a piece of that or I'm going to take control of that because that's my content. Um, but I agree with you. Uh, I, I think that if that's where the information is, why wouldn't they make that available to the advertiser for direct sale? Totally. Um, and that's a lot of why the local market is so big, right? I, I mean, that's part of what local is, is that abil ability to hit those individual stations. Um, and I'm interested to see what's going to happen with that information. I mean, we see, what do we see so far? We see people selling the information, right, as data. We don't see them selling the inventory yet. Um, and a lot of that has to do with, because there's a lot of money. There's a lot of contracts, right? They, affiliate sales is, is enormous right and those contracts are long-term and, and and that's part of what is going to dictate the way this changes there's what we see as an ideal there's where we would like to see it go there's a lot of cool stuff but at the same time there's an existing structure and you know it's called an oligarchy right uh, that is going to in a lot of ways have a have a say in the outcome here um, and we have to just deal with that right uh, rather than wait and, and, and hope that we can get to that ideal, uh, let's all make a little more money uh, while we're waiting to see how it plays out. Right, you know? right, right. Mm. Just to follow up on that, as you get closer to uh, real-time bidding, yeah. um, would you also see addressable advertising taking, you know, to directly target each individual viewer? Well, yeah, and I think that that's, that speaks to uh, the, the prior question as well, right? It is once you get access to, number one, they, that the visibility of the data, which right, what we know right now comes from set-top box, right? There, there is a, it is a controlled data set that is not necessarily accessible. And really, Dave Morris hit on it so well, he, that walled garden idea, right? That, that we have these individual sets of data that, while precious, are uh, siloed. And, and if not available to the general marketplace, um, become very hard to, to purchase and to sell. So if it were to become available, 
uh, as a purchasable type of inventory. Would it be programmatic? Absolutely, because I think that the amount of inventory, right, and the very discreet way that an advertiser would like to purchase it begs a technolo technology solution, right? Uh, you, you're not going to have a salesperson that's out there trying to sell that one individual spot for that one individual brand. It's, it's not going to happen, right? I, there's just too much inventory out there in that world. Um, but it's about, is that data going to come together, right? Are we going to get there? Are, are, are we all going to, you know, I, I think one of the challenges here as well is we've all spent a lot of time and money, resources, getting into this data, getting into this uh, optimization, right? looking at audience data to, to get to where we want to get to. But it also has created a situation where we're not necessarily ready to all just come together and say, here's what we've done, right? Because we've got our own investment in this. And um, so it's it's a little bit of a rock and a hard place, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be really, it's gonna be uh, really interesting. So, Eric, I just wanted to say thank you so much for doing this, and uh, great job. All right, great. Let's have a hand for Eric Sachs from AMC and John Curran from RSG Media, who are sponsoring the Advanced Advertising Theater today. Thank you so much. Really interesting conversation about the world of broadcast and digital merging together, and how to really leverage those two worlds together so we can make some revenue, bang on that data and make some smart choices. So these guys will be hanging out for a little bit if you want to chat with them. Next up, we're going to talk to Jeff Spinard, who's the CEO of World Talk Radio, the leader in live internet talk radio. We're going to interview him about how to build your brand in this broadcast era.